You're the worst liar I've ever met. Welcome to the Belgian Army! Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Indiana Jones Universe, a podcast in which we learn more about the character of Indiana Jones, exploring other content in the Indiana Jones Universe. As always, I'm Will. And I'm Max. And thanks for joining us for episode 15, in which today we're going to continue our discussion and exploration of the television series, The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Obviously, it's been a few weeks since we've talked about Young Indy, and today we're moving on to chapter 7 Love Sweet Song, an interesting title for an episode in which Indy kind of explores these contradicting elements of love and war. And this is kind of a reoccurring theme that we see throughout uh, when Indy travels to Ireland in the first half with his new acquaintance Remy to get some money to join the Belgian army. Uh, and he also learns about the Irish Rebellion, uh, playwriting, and meets a girl named Maggie. And then in the second half, he goes to London uh, where he meets bus conductor Vicky in which she is also involved in the women's suffrage movement, and they also go to Oxford, fall in love, and also meet Miss Seymour, who we see in the first five episodes. And of course, this ending is a big ending that's very important. I think this is the most potentially emotional and gripping story we've seen yet. And speaking of yes. that, let's just jump right in, shall we? Yeah. Um, now, the one thing I wanted to start off this episode saying is, I think this episode is very powerful, and this is actually the last episode of Volume 1, The Early Years. So if you guys have been following along and uh, and you learned about Young Indy from this show and you've been watching from the DVD box sets, you'll notice this is the last actual chapter in this box set. There's three different DVD box sets you're going to have to buy. This is The Early Years, and this is the last chapter for The Early Years um, because the first chapter, Chapter 8, for Volume 2, The War Years, is Trenches of Hell, which will be the next chapter. And I thought this one was an interesting way to close out this kind of series as a whole in terms of these first seven episodes. And I thought this was very different. And one of the reasons I think I kind of really got hooked on this show after seeing this episode, because this completely changed, I think, the way I looked at Young Indy after seeing this one, considering this one is so different than all the others. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's much different because of Remy and just because, you know, Indy is not with his father the entire time. And he's not even in his hometown, like we saw in the last episode, right? Right. So, and also, considering that as well, Spring Break Adventure as well, that was our first episode in which we saw Sean Patrick Flannery as Indiana Jones. And I actually think that this episode really kind of gave us a little bit more of a glimpse of what Sean Patrick Flannery is like. And to me, this was kind of a good second, you know, appearance of Sean Patrick Flannery in that role. And I really thought he did a nice job in Love Sweet Song. Definitely. I mean, he really played the part like Indy. I mean, I could I could see that being an older Corey Carrier. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what the point was. But still, I mean, right. it really fit in very, very well in this episode. I completely agree. And especially, I think the one thing that's interesting is, that especially the style of this episode, the tone that they're trying to convey, the cinematography, everything is so different. And... To me, what I wanted to bring up as well is these first five episodes that we saw, Spring Break Adventure was kind of like the middle episode. Because right. I actually was thinking, these first five episodes, Indy is played by Corey Carrier, right? They're traveling around the world with his father giving lecture tours, right? And you have a nice, solid five episodes there. 
Spring Break Adventure, he goes home, he meets with, you know, his girlfriend Nancy, all that stuff. He joins the Mexican Revolution, realizes that, you know what, he's 16 years old. He, he wants to kind of do something. He wants to impact the world, you know. He wants to join the revolution. He wants to join the Belgian army. There is, he wants to do something, right? He wants to take action. Right. And then in this one, with kind of him and Remy going to Europe and going to Ireland in this first part, this to me kind of felt like the start of the next adventure in a sense. Right? Like, this is the start of him going to the Warriors. And I liked how that they introduced this episode in the beginning. And I thought it was very, very interesting to see this episode completely in a different style than what we've seen so far. And I think what I always thought was interesting about Young Indy is it took me a little bit of time to really realize what is this show about? And what is this show like? Because Corey Carrier does the role for the first you know, five episodes, and then you got Sean Patrick Flannery with these two appearances, and it really took me a while to get interested in this show and really be convinced that this was a good show, and I thought this one played a major role in doing that. Definitely. I mean, it really introduces the rest of the series to Sean Patrick Flannery and basically gets him, how do I say this, acquainted right. with uh, the part and basically... Just the entire rest of the series, because exactly. as you as you guys will see in our future episodes and future chapters of the you know series, he does end up playing the part really well, and I personally think he's my favorite out of him and Corey Carrier because oh for sure yeah definitely much different right so, and yeah. speaking of that let's jump right in shall we so we start in Ireland this is 1916 and uh, we basically have. Uh, I, and something I've actually we noticed. don't start in Ireland. Oh actually, right, we start on a cruise ship. Right, that him and Remy uh, decided. Oh, what's a good idea? Why don't we just stow away on the ship and try <laughs> to get the, try and uh, hitch a free ride to Europe? No right. biggie there. And and what's funny actually too is with that idea and and actually something that I noticed in the beginning of this is speaking of that scene, we open up with, you know, this beautiful music and we haven't talked about the score in its full and entirety yet just due to the fact that we haven't really reviewed and talked about the whole show yet, but we're getting to the point where I think we can start kind of bringing up the score a little bit more, specifically with this one, because the score for Ireland is featured, the entire score, all five pieces of music in this first half, is on the Volume 4 soundtrack. And the Volume 4 soundtrack I actually personally own, it is my favorite of the four soundtrack CDs. If you like this episode, I highly recommend, first of all, you go online and try to buy this copy of music, we put links to it in the website if you want to listen to it, and it's just great. There's a lot of Irish folk tunes in there, and the music is beautiful. It uses a lot of violins, a lot of string instruments, and what I actually thought was interesting is they actually show some scenes on the cruise ship at the beginning, right? right? And you don't know it's a cruise ship at the beginning, right, until you see Indy and Remy working. And so, well, the, you know it's a cruise ship. They zoom out, and then you see a captain. Right, so right, on the right. first scene, you right. kind of get it. Exactly. But, you know, to be fair, that could be a really, uh, like, a nice right. uh, triple-decker, quadruple-decker plane. If you and, really and, I, and I love the music that they pair with this stuff. And, you know, you have this beautiful music. This cruise ship seems very nice. And then, you know, you get to Indy and Remy working. And keep in mind, we have seen these two as kind of acquaintances and friends for really only not even 45 minutes by this point. It, right. It, of course, playing time, not actually in real time. But what I thought was interesting is 
you know, they're they're working on the ship, and Indy just goes, "This is all your fault, Remy. Like this is an entire mess." <laughs> no, Indy, it's your fault. Right, I can't and all do Remy's stuff. accent, but you know. But that's funny too, because like we haven't seen these guys as really kind of friends and getting to know each other, and right off the bat, Indy's like, "This is all your fault, Remy," and I'm like, "Indy, you're the one who decided to come all the way to Europe to join the Belgian army. I mean, you you're gotta get there the, somewhere." It was also your idea to stow away on the ship, not Remy. Yeah, so, right, Remy. um, you know what? <laughs> And, uh, Romy's only really responsible for convincing you to join the Belgian army uh, and getting out of Mexico. Right. But that's I mean, not the point. And what I actually thought was interesting as well is I like this cruise ship. I, I don't know, something about it, I really liked it. And so, of course, obviously, the, you know, they're trying to basically get to Ireland because that's where uh, the cruise ship is going to stop. And they need to basically get money, right? They need right. to get money. Also, I wanted to mention something. So when they're showing the various scenes on the cruise ship, right? Yeah. Right before they, you know, go to uh, Indian Remy, uh, basically working with their bare hands, trying to oil whatever it is they're oiling or scrubbing yeah. or whatever, we pass a nice ballroom dance. Right. Pay it to, if that ballroom, not not the dance, but the actual yeah. ballroom, that's very important for later, and you'll see why as we go into the episode. Right. And actually, speaking of that, we, last week we had, I think, one of my personal favorite podcast episodes we've recorded as of yet. Because I thought the filming locations, especially when we reviewed them last week, to me, that kind of gave me a bit of a more broader sense and a, kind of a keen eye to look for some of these locations and sets and props and things. And I definitely was noticing them more after talking about the filming locations last week. Yeah, and here's something I wanted to mention about this episode, all right? Really, it's more of a question for you that you might oh, know sure. the answer to. Is this an hour and a half? Was this originally an hour and a half? Because it seems like it should be because, you know, w they say in the beginning, we want to go to London to enlist in the yes, Belgian Army. actually, and that is, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, we've mentioned this before, but some of these episodes were actually recorded as an hour and a half long. Others of them were originally 45 minutes each. And, of course, that was due to, you know, a lot of things that happened when they aired this in the 90s. But... That was something I did notice is there were a lot of kind of hints at the second half. And in the second half as well, when he's meeting with Vicky and talking with her, he brings up a lot of his old adventures, actually. Right. If you notice, in the transition as well, we've talked about the transitions as well. The transition was very nice for this episode. Yeah. It was very well done. Well, and I mean, in this case, you can't really see a difference between Sean Patrick Franley and when he's older because, right. I mean... Again, Corey Carrier, it's really easy to tell because he's right. a lot younger. Exactly. Right, you know, so... But, I mean, definitely as well. I mean, what speak, going off of that, I think this episode really blended nicely. I think that's yeah. the main point you want to take away from this, is it really blended nicely, and I like that. And as we get off this cruise ship, we have this classic track, Welcome to Ireland, which is one of my personal favorite tracks. It's a really, really nice one. Um... And that was what was playing. And so they're in Dublin. You know, Indy's kind of skeptical of this whole idea, right? He's like, how are we going to do this, right? And Remy's got this whole plan. And something I also found was interesting is, if you notice, when they're walking to Dublin and they're going through the countryside, which, by the way, we have to talk about that and how beautiful that was, they actually are carrying just satchels. They're really just carrying satchels of all their stuff, which is interesting. Yeah. And then they go throughout this countryside of Ireland. And that was a great panoramic shot. Oh, yes. Now, I mean, obviously the reason they're carrying satchels is because uh, you can't just bring a bunch of luggage onto right. a stowaway if you're on a cruise ship, <laughs> but, you know. But that, to me, actually, it, it almost kind of felt like, you know, they were two guys going on an adventure, you know. I mean, they, they, they had those a satchels. classic in the adventure. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
And especially, like, when they get this out, they go onto the back of the pickup truck, they go through the countryside, stuff like that. That definitely kind of had that, you know, authenticity to it as well. Definitely. And especially this, something I noticed, which is something, is something I was monitoring as we were going through this, is one thing I really was looking for in this episode is really looking at the characterization between Remy and Inby. Because this is something we haven't seen enough of, and I really wanted to explore that with this episode. And I feel like they did in some respects, but also not really enough. Yeah, I mean, they're, in my opinion, they're kind of opposite of each other. Oh, but at, at the beginning they are. Yeah, but at the sure. same time, they're the exact same. Right, I agree like, with that. Like, they're, I mean, they are both, they both want the same thing, but they want to do it different ways, kind exactly. of. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're both... Uh, I guess it's kind of like um, Indian Belloc. Right. A little bit. Oh. You know? Because they're both after the same thing. Now, this it's is just... not a foreshadowing. Remy is not evil. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it is not. Uh, do not take it as a foreshadowing. Yeah. Absolutely not. But, you know, Belloc has his way of getting it by, you know, stealing from people, whereas right. Indy, you know, gets it by going on an adventure. Right, and things like that. So, especially, like, their characterization to me was funny because... A, a similar kind of interest in that respect is they both have different ways of kind of getting what they want. And especially something to consider as well is we don't really see Indy with a best friend or with someone he always is with. And this is something I have been thinking about lately as we've been talking about Marcus and the comics a little bit and as we've been bringing that up and now that we're seeing Remy is when Indy is with someone a lot, right... It's, it's right. really interesting to observe that because Indy is kind of, he, he, he's very individual, right? He, he does stuff on his own. And that's something I think that is interesting when we see characters like Remy and when we see characters, you know, like Marcus and Sala and things like that. It's definitely very different to see that in that respect. But I, I, I like the character of Remy in this episode. And I think he did a nice job. Definitely. I mean, Remy is one of those characters that... Even though he isn't in every episode, he really adds to the just the aesthetic of the episode. He right. really fulfills that, I guess, void, you could say, right? right. I mean, he's always there for Indy. Right. No, even if he's not in every episode, he really fulfills Indy's Definitely. requirement. And you, and you see that from the start. Say. And another thing as well is, I always thought that to kind of see Remy in this role reminds me a little bit of Sala. Because they're both they're both have a little bit of that humor in with them, and also just that was the first thing that came to mind. So I'm curious to see Remy throughout the rest of this episode. And speaking of Remy, let's continue on. So basically, they finally get to Europe, and they need money for the ferry, right? Because right. they need to get to London. That's where they're going to enlist in the Belgian army. Right. And so they need the money for the ferry, and so India's kind of like, oh, what are we doing here? We can't waste time. Let's just get this done, and you know. Of course, so, Indy sees a lot of girls, and that really get, seals the deal okay. for him. <laughs> and then, so Remy comes up with the idea, you know, okay, we're going to work. We're just going to work somewhere. We're going to wash dishes. You can serve beers, stuff like that. We can just make a little bit of money, get some food, get enough to get those tickets for the ferry, and we'll be on our way. So, so what I thought was interesting as well is that basically kind of gave the idea, and I was thinking about this as we kept watching this episode, is that all of this in this 45 minutes... This was taking place over, what, less than a week? Right. And which was interesting, because it was kind of like this one stop, and they were like, you know what, we're going to be here in Ireland, we're going to be here in Dublin, right? We're going to have kind of an adventure, and it was like, oh, what's going to happen here, right? Because 
obviously Remy Indy was thinking that they were just going to go on to London. And so having them stop in Ireland, it almost kind of gave that excitement, like, oh, something's going to happen here, right? You know something's right. coming. And so they work basically at this Irish pub, basically. Ooh. And you mm-hmm. see Indy serving beers. Right. And we hear some Irish folk tunes in the back. And what I love about this score specifically, this is one of my favorite scores in the entire show, is Lawrence Rosenthal incorporates these classic Irish folk tunes with his own score. And that is apparent here in the track, Ooh. Welcome to Ireland. About a minute and 30 seconds in, you hear these Irish folk tunes, and you notice these two guys obviously are disagreeing about something. And they start <laughs> throwing some punches. And meanwhile, this Irish folk tune, it's a violin solo. And it actually might be a fiddle as well. And it's its a really great track. I love that track. Yeah. Because the music is so lively and energetic. They're throwing punches. And meanwhile, India is doing probably the coolest thing. He's I a- want to ask Sean Patrick Flannery what that was like because I don't know how he did that. He yeah. had that tray in one hand. One hand. You know, a bunch of beers on there. And, you know, they start fighting, and, you know, Indy's, you know, running all over the place. These guys are fighting in the booth, you know, they're throwing punch, swinging punches and whatever. And meanwhile, Indy's, you know, trying to balance the tray and run all over the place. (laughs) And then, you know, the restaurant guy's like, out, out, get out of here, get out of here. And, oh, that was hilarious. I love that. I thought that was great. I wonder how many times they had to reshoot that because Sean Patrick Family just (laughs) dropped it. How much glass did the cleanup crew have to take up after that? That would have been. But that was so cool because the funny thing was they were like, you know, Remy was like, well, we'll find some work. Next thing you know, the first part of Indy's job is to (laughs) basically balance all these glasses. Yeah, it's it's an art, you know? It's an art (laughs) form. And what I thought was interesting too is then basically, you know, he's. After that, someone pulls him aside and says, nice job, you know, nice job. And what I thought was interesting, too, is the owner actually calls him Jones. If you notice that. Jones, Jones get in here. Yeah, <laughs> get in here. And Indy, and Remy's washing dishes, right? And, you know, in, Indy's, you know, obviously being a waiter and stuff like that. And, and, and right off the get-go here, this is when I really started to notice this new dynamic of the show. Right? This is when you're like, whoa, this is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because especially when you've seen him going with his father and his mother, him being in his hometown, right? That was a new dynamic. Now we got another new dynamic here of this interesting story, and I really, really liked that at the start here. Definitely. I mean, just that restaurant scene alone is really good for Indy's character because, right. you know, balancing the beers, right. just serving it up to people. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be my favorite line by the boss. That's literally, that's right. basically all he says. Throughout the episode. <laughs> Jones, get in here. Right. Jones, we better get back to work. <laughs> Jones, Are we working Jones, here? Jones, 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 Jones. <laughs> and we're like, okay, get on with it, you know. Oh, that's got to be your new ringtone. Jones! And actually, something else I wanted to mention here as well is right after they start working as well, they count up their money from their first paycheck, and Indy takes some of it to go get groceries, and he starts exploring around. Oh. <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And he starts... <laughs> I can't keep it together. And he starts exploring Ireland, right? He goes along the streets. And actually, what's interesting, There's too, a- is I was looking at this closely on the Young Indy Filming Locations website. And by the way, I'm going to start bringing up the locations again, because... Last week's episode clearly opened my eyes to these locations a little bit more. Yeah. Actually, you can go to that exact spot if you notice when he looks through that window. 
of that storefront oh, yeah. window, that place is still there. You can go there, see that. Um, and, and that actually is interesting to me because a lot of these places in Ireland are still there. So you can go and see them. They're, you know, random places in the most random street you've ever heard, right? Right. They're not in the middle, but that was interesting. And so he walks around, and he goes to this store, um, which clearly is not a store when there's, you know, a bunch of pastries in there. There's coffee. There's tea. And he notices some, you know, girls in the window. And so he goes to sit with them inside. Mm-hmm. And this it's like, is like, is this seat taken? And right. And this is when things escalate quickly from here. Well, because here's something I found interesting when he asked to sit. The brother is like, no, it's taken. Right. But the gr- and then Maggie's like, don't be such a uptight whatever, right. right? And he's like, please sit here because obviously they're having a hootin' time okay. with Indy, you know? Right. And actually, the, the interesting thing, too, to here is... Uh, then, you know, they knew he was American right from the get-go. Right. And so then when he meets all of them, and then Indy's like, so how long are you here, you know, in, in Ireland? And he's like, well, I'm actually on a world tour. And although you could say world tour is, you know, obviously what's going on here, it's just a little bit of an exaggeration. It's a little bit of a stretch. And of I course, mean, when they say world tour, they're like, oh, where have you been? And he... He actually tells them everywhere he's been, right? He he, because he tells them about where he went with his father on the medieval studies lectures, right? He went, you know, to India. He went to China, right? He went to Egypt, Egypt all these places. And they're telling them like, "Oh my gosh!" And they're like, "He must be one of these American millionaires." And mm-hmm. right from there, I'm like, "Oh great, this is not going anywhere." And of they course, say- Indy, you are, you know, he's low on money, right? Because right. he had that conversation with Remy, right? Like. Come back with, like, eggs, right? Like, some meat, some bread. Like, you're low on money. you got to get to the ferry, right? And Indy, of course, in not even... Probably being there for a day, right? The wallet's clear in a matter of an hour. <laughs> the wallet's clear. <laughs> yes. Right? And they come over, and they had just finished their coffee. But, of course, they're going to take advantage of an American millionaire. <laughs> and that's when they start buying all these cakes, pastries, things like that. <laughs> So much and for the bread, eggs, and everything else. I know, right? Him. And they order so much, right? Like, like, I'm like, we'll have this cake, we'll have this pastry, this pastry, this pastry, and I'm oh, like, maybe oh, just Lord. another one. Oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> that's right. Maybe just another one. <laughs> See, at first, before you know, uh, we knew that this was Maggie, and even before he sit there, he asked the waiter something. We don't know what he asked, but he pointed over at them, and you know, as we find out. That's Maggie, who he will spend basically the rest of the first part of the episode with. Right. So it was his, uh, shall we say, uh, Ireland sweetheart, uh, you know? <laughs> right. And actually, what's interesting about this, too, is right right then from there, you know, they're like, I hope you see you again. And, you know, Maggie's like, hey, want to come to the theater with me tomorrow? There's a play going on. And he's like, sure, right? He cracks a smile and he's happy. And then, of course, right, we it's were, great, right? He met Maggie, right? She's very nice, right? They're going to the theater tomorrow. Um, but you also have an empty wallet. <laughs> and Remy waiting at home for some food, my friends. And this escalates quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I love this part because he just arrives home and Remy's like, where's the bread and the eggs? And he's like, well, I may have spent... All of the money you gave right. me, like he just—I love how he went to get the bread and the eggs right at and the came shop back with no bread and eggs. Right, mainly because he spent it on cakes, coffee, right, and all this stuff. And actually, the funny thing I thought was so ironic about this <laughs> is then he's like, "Well, I did save you one thing, one pastry." Right, right, and, and he's like, "This isn't real food. I need real food, you know." <laughs> he's like, "Come on, we got to go to work and get more money." 
And I love that Remy just shoves it down his mouth. Right. Like, well, like, oh, I need okay, to eat yeah. something. And so they go back to work, actually. Right. And they start working a little bit. And then we see Indy going off to the theater. He sneaks out of work, basically. Uh, basically. He goes to the theater. And what I found interesting is this was actually kind of like an interactive play, almost. Right. And then he's like, everyone, one more time. And everybody right. starts singing this Singing Irish... along and clapping and stuff like that. Right. And that was, I thought, was interesting as well as seeing this play and... You know, they, they have a good time, and Indy's like, well, i got to leave, i got to go back to work. And they're like, oh, you've got a fancy business meeting? And, of course, Indy is playing along with the whole rich millionaire thing. He's going to try to do it as much as he can. Even <laughs> right. Though <laughs> even though he's poor as hell at the moment. Right, though. I know. And the funny thing is, too, as well, is then later, he's singing the song he heard at that theater. And so he's working, washing dishes, you know, behind the counter and stuff. And this guy kind of gets mad at the bar. Right, we, we we see this guy here who was actually the one who complimented him. Right, on his, that this on his guy, act with this, you know the, yeah. the beers and balancing. And he that pops and stuff. up all throughout the episode. Right, the he pops part. up, and so he's like, he kind of gets mad. And he's like, "What's wrong with singing that song?" He's like, "Well, you know, I've been living in Ireland all my life. I don't like, I don't like that song. I, I, I don't like that play." And he's like, "Well, what's wrong with it?" He's like, "You ever been to the Abbey Theater?" And he's like, "Well, what's that?" And He's like, let me show you. So, without even knowing this guy, really, they go to the Abbey Theater, and they see this play. And they're the only ones in the audience, really. And we learn that this guy who Indy is with is actually a guy by the name of Sean O'Casey. And he basically thinks that these plays are interesting, right? He kind of has mixed feelings about them, right? Like, he likes the plays, right. doesn't like the plays. And so, they meet with, basically, the writer of the play afterwards, and Sean is actually showing him a play that he created. He's a playwright, and he's a story creator. And so the guy is looking at it, and he says, this is too realistic. Right. Right? Why would anyone come to a theater to see something real? That's what plays are. They're fiction. That's what he wants. But Sean's view is different. And clearly Sean is upset with this guy, right? Because he doesn't think... That this that the too realistic is bad, and so they leave and they start talking with Indy, and this guy just is Sean's so upset. He's like, and you know, Indy's like, well, you know, he liked some of the ideas, and he's like, no, he thought it was garbage. No one wants realistic around here. And he says, I, and and of course, Ireland right now, there's a lot of stuff going on. We learn right. about the Irish Rebellion, right? They're under rule. They're not independent. And he's like, no one is going to make change around here if we're sitting watching fiction. People need something. That is real. I want to explore it with writing, you know, poetic plays and stuff like that. We need to explore this with real stories. How can we empower the people? We need to explore this with real stories. And he gets so mad, he throws the script, you know, right into the water. And he's like, I need to write something that's real, that people actually want to see. Want to see, right? right? And that was interesting because this kind of came out of the blue in the episode, right? This was an episode really about Indy and Remy just getting some money. Yeah. And all of a sudden we learn about this kind of poetic playwriting. And this is when I think we really kind of start to see how intricate these history lessons are in these episodes. Right. I mean, again, as we've said before in previous episodes, like, it could be used as a very educative teaching tool, right? It really could. You know? Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be used in history class. I would enjoy watching this in history class. I know. But that's a bit biased considering I watch it at home. So, <laughs> anyway. But also... And then the next thing that basically happens is, you know, he meets with Maggie again, 
right? Right. But he's kind of upset that her sister's there because he wants to spend some time with her alone. And so, you know, things aren't going too well there. And so he goes back to work. And this is when Sean, Maggie's brother, meets with the other Sean. Right. Who's making the plays. <laughs> and they start talking. And, you know, they, they kind of have this conversation about plays and things like that. And then, um, basically, Indy really wants to spend some time with Maggie. So what I found so funny is, is like, how am I going to get rid of the other sister? Well, I'm just going to bring Remy along. <laughs> and Remy... Well, yeah, first, the Sean at the restaurant, right, when yeah. he meets with the other Sean, Maggie's brother says, I have a message for you. Maggie right. wants to go swimming tomorrow. And he's like, I love swimming! Right. <laughs> Mainly because he's finding any excuse to hang out with Maggie, basically. Right. And, and Right, so they go swimming, actually. Well, here's the funny part. We don't really see him swimming with Maggie. We see him jump in and jump out and go sit with Sean. Right, which, which is I'm like... Um, and they talk to Sean, and this is where things kind of get interesting with this whole Irish Rebellion thing. This is kind of right. what kicks in about this part of the episode. Kicks in, okay. And um, <laughs> and they talk about how Ireland, right, they're not getting representation. They're not getting the independence that they want. Right, I mean, they're... Right? And this is what's interesting, because Indy starts saying, you know, in a few days I'm leaving, right? I, I'm, I'm not going to be here anymore. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm joining the Belgian army. He's like, you know... And he's like, well, why are you joining the Belgian Army? He's like, well, you know, I noticed there was a war over here, and I'm sitting over here in America, and they're not involved in the war. I want to do something about it. He says, you know, this war, you know, this is going to solve all the problems. And Sean's like, yeah, well, if, Belg if Belgium wins, it'll solve the problems, right? If, right? if other countries win, it'll solve the problems. What about Ireland? He's like, well, what does that matter? You guys, are, you guys are perfectly fine. He's like, son, you haven't lived here for as long as I've lived here. There are... Lots of problems here. There's not enough representation for the people, right? They're not independent. And so Indy kind of learns a little bit more about this Irish Rebellion thing that we see take place at this end of the episode here. And this is when Sean and Indy are quite mad at each other. Right. As you notice. And we see that right before they go back to work, too, right? It's like, stay away from Maggie, right? And then, after that, Indy, you know, hangs out with Maggie and, and, and stuff and that. And then he finally explains that he's not a billionaire. Right. And then we're like, well, the only reason Maggie wanted Indy is just for his money. Right. Just and, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. And that, and that you know, is it kind of, I mean. What do you expect? I mean, Maggie, to me, in this situation, and in this episode, I, I don't think she was important of a character to actually kind of stick no. with Indy enough. But, I mean, I, I, I just feel like, of course, I mean, that was kind of the plot twist here that, right. that Maggie wasn't actually were they actually really in love? It was more of just like, yeah. he's a millionaire, so I'm just going to use his money. But I mean, they end up staying together for the... Uh, the that's true. They end up staying together for the end, but I just... I, I'm not sure if I like that enough because I, I felt like there was... You know, I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of mixed feelings for me on that part right. of the episode. And then, speaking of great music, we hear a track called Fight for the Bakery. And uh. this is when Indian Sean... Have a little bit of a fight. You want to explain about this? So, yeah. I mean, him and Sean are having a bit of a, let's say, brawl, I guess you could say. I know, really. Uh, it, it's not as bad as Mola Rob's brawl from Temple of Doom, but it's definitely a brawl. Um, you know, they he gets back to go to work, and he's like, well, why don't we have a little fight? So they go up, and they're fighting, throwing some punches. And, and actually, this is, I mean, this is kind of similar to what we saw with kind of like 
you know, him and uh, Demetrius in Spring Break Adventure. I mean, th these are some pretty serious punches he starts throwing. Right, I mean... And the sound know, effects, of course, are obviously, like, so exaggerated as right. well, which is hilarious. You know, Kong, you right. know, Crash, whatever, you know. Right. And, you know, they're fighting because, obviously, Sean they doesn't want... disagreement there. Yeah, I mean, Sean is basically like, stay away from Maggie. Right. Get out of my life. <laughs> Get away from my sister, basically. Like, you know, oh, right. come on, put him up, you know. Right. And they're basically, why are they even fighting? Like they right because at the end, right, all that flower explosion, they're on <laughs> yes. top of each other, and they're like, that's gonna be the best part when just it, right. the entire camera is just covered in dust. And they just kind of make up at the end, and, and and they're like, wait a second, why are we even fighting? This is stupid. And they literally just, they literally just, you know, have a couple of laughs. They go grab a beer, and and they kind of make up at the end there. And right. And uh, then there's some great pan panoramic shots as they kind of walk around Ireland as well. They're, they kind of hang out together a little bit. And then uh, Remy finally gets the uh, the ferry tickets. Remy finally gets the ferry tickets. So they quit their job. And, you know, as they're, they're kind of wrapping up, right, they're going to leave the next morning. Then we finally learn a little bit more about this Irish rebellion. This part. Right. And basically kind of that they want independence. And this is, and they're outside of this post office, right? Right. And they're like, "We are not going to stand here and sit around." Right. I couldn't really understand what they were saying, but yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they they were basically like, we, "We're not just going to stand here and sit around, right?" And when wait to be an independent country, and then this kind of rebellion begins. And right. This is what I mentioned. I would call it a mini war, actually. It's a... real. I mean, it gets pretty serious. And what I actually thought was interesting about this is this is kind of the theme that we start exploring, uh, as well as. Right, Indy kind of gets to Ireland thinking everything is fine, right? Right. He doesn't really realize what the war situation is like over there. Right. Because I mean, clearly, no one really saw this coming. No, no one saw this entire fight going to break out in like right. the matter of five minutes. I mean, right. like, we all, if it's, all of a sudden there's war and shooting fight in the town right. square. Right, I mean, they've got people... Over, you know, barricades and up on top of buildings. They've got artillery, cannons, all this kind right. of stuff. Right. I love when they just roll in about ten cannons and I start... Know. And, and, and we're, we're like, where did these come from? Right. And meanwhile, you know, there's just people all over the streets, right? This right. comes out of nowhere. Right. right. And this is what's kind of scary, right? And Indy and Remy are like, what is going on? Right. right. What like, the hell is going on here? Right. Because right. When, when you're fighting in the trenches and stuff, you... Right. The, when someone just acts to fight, you're going to respond. Here, it just came out of nowhere. And what's right, interesting like, about this as well is this kind of started this idea of a progressive World War One story, right? Right. Indy's fighting in the Belgian army, right? This is kind of the start to what Indy's going to be fighting for later. Right. And that that's what I kind of felt from this episode here. And they actually have some really interesting scenes. There's Havoc just wrecking in Ireland all around. They finally meet Maggie. And Sean basically wants to partake in this, right? He's like, I'm not going to sit here. I want to go fight for my country, right? Right. And Maggie's like, no, you know, what if you get killed? What if something happens to you? And so she's all upset. And Indy and Remy, you know, they're all trying to go fight for safety. And actually, something I noticed here is as, you know, they hide in a... Of course, people start shooting in the actual uh, pub where they were working, right? Right. They things all... like that. The rebels finally surrender, right? And after we've seen all these various shots, which... If you watch this closely, it's very interesting how they shot this and the filmmaking techniques that they used right. during this whole thing because there was barely any dialogue, right? It was just Indy and everyone else trying to get to safety. Meanwhile, you've got all this fighting taking place. And that's basically it. Like, there's not really much to talk about here. It's, it's more just kind of 
on screen how powerful this is. Right. And actually, if you notice, speaking of filming locations, you had to make this out very closely. But when they surrender, right, there was this scene of some soldiers in front of the post office. That was not real. They did not create that. It was a matte painting. You brought this up, you know, about the dock as well in, in Raiders and, and some of the other things as well. In Florence but, as well, this was a matte painting. You had to look closely. It was not real. If you, I paused it, looked closely, and confirmed it was a matte painting. And I'm curious as well, to why they did not recreate that scene. But I think they were trying to show the idea that the post office was basically kind of destroyed and kind of wrecked from the, the rebellion, right? And so instead of obviously showing that, they ha couldn't use the relocation, so they showed a matte painting. That happened twice in the episode. Once, and then about a minute later, they showed another map painting. Right. Um, because, obviously, after all this war and... Right. Well, it's not really a war. It's a mini-war. Right. You could, I guess you Some could... Some sort of rebellion. You could compare sense. it to the Civil War, since, you know, half of the U.S. was fighting the other. Yeah, but, obviously, it took a lot shorter than that. Right. Really. I mean, it was, uh, ooh, in a matter of five, ten minutes, maybe? I mean, yeah, I mean, it was basically for half a day. Basically. Right. Well, yeah, and... I mean, it started in five to ten minutes for sure. I mean, right because it was interesting to see this for sure. It, I mean, it took it would I would say it was a day because in the middle of the day it happened. Oh, that's true. and at night they kind of dialed it down even though there right. was a few shootings. Right. But then back during the day they finally they show the post office destroyed again. That's right. when the second map painting appears. Exactly. Right. And you know it's very. I mean, we just see it as basically like. Everything is in Rebel, and something I find interesting about the next scene after here, right? Right. Maggie wants to go see Sean and see if right. he's dead. And so they're at the whatever office, the, you know... Right, where the guards are. Right, and in there. they're like, do you want some tea, my lady? And he's, she's like, no. Right. Like, she wants to see Sean, and she's like, go with the guard. Exactly. And this is what I was mentioning about the ship. The ship in the beginning of the ballroom. When they walk down the stairs... Walk across the floor and walk back up. Uh huh. That's actually the ballroom. If you look closely in the beginning, really? it's the ballroom. Just because. Are you sure? Because if you look on the side in the beginning of the ballroom, there's the there's the restaurant and then there's the ball. The restaurant was actually a map painting at like we have in right. a, in Raiders and All in this the previous stuff. scene, right? So when you walk down, it just looks it. I mean, it's like a main corridor in a ship. It, but they use the same scene as headquarters for these... Really? Yeah, I mean... They, I did not notice that. That's interesting. I'm going to look closely at and look back at that now. Yeah. It, That's cool, though. It is... They, they, I don't, they kind of secretly use some of these locations twice, for sure. Right. Now, I don't know for a fact if it's the exact same scene. I could have looked a little closer and probably found out. But it looks so much similar to the right. ballroom that I'm almost certain they use the same set. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that... I mean, obviously it was a set if they used it twice, because right. I doubt they are going to use a real cruise ship, because that would cost a lot of money. Right. But, um, you know, and he goes, and they finally see Sean, and Sean's okay, and, you know, he's in prison, but he's okay, and everything's good after that, right? And, I mean, that a little bit wraps up this episode, right? Yeah, and I mean, they, they obviously, they see Sean at the end there, and basically he's like, did they surrender? Right? And this is scary because a lot of people who were fighting in the rebellion are just common people that right. live in Ireland. And they've all been executed and killed. Sadly enough, yes. I know. And you could see Maggie weeping. And this was kind of emotional and gripping at the end. 
And right. this is and, and and although obviously the relationship with Maggie and Indy wasn't super strong as we thought at the beginning, but this was really kind of this theme that reoccurs, love versus war. Right. right? And at the beginning, you'll notice a funny line Indy Remy said at the beginning, which was kind of funny, but true is women in war don't mix. Right. Right? And that was I think kind of a prelude to what we have here and you know he's obviously very upset right that but he's also at the same time you know this is what we came here for and he said we have changed ireland we're going to be known as heroes and you know and he's like well you know the, 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 as, as much as ireland gained its independence for you this might be kind of an uneventful ending and he says for the future it was worth it oh yeah this was worth it and this is basically kind of the end to that. And it, it kind of stopped abruptly there. And that was emotional at the end, Sean, there. Because oh, yeah. we had seen Sean and Indy make up at the end. Of course, they had known each other. And that was interesting. And well, then, I mean, we see Indy get on the ferry and say goodbye to Maggie. Right, and all that. Right. And then we see the other Sean come back, right? The, the guy who was writing the plays. <laughs> and he says, good luck, right? Basically at the end. And they've got some crowd scenes in there, which are interesting. And this transition that we were talking about which was put in there to bridge these two episodes. So they were two episodes. They were they, Yes, they were two individual Oh, wow. Well, they integrated it very well then. They did. And Indy looks a little bit older, if you tell closely, but obviously not a huge difference. But Not as big you, as Corey Carrier. Right. But, but if you... And then they've got this kind of crowd scene as well, which I like. And I love the ship that they used for this. I love the ship that they used for, for these travel scenes. The ships, the trains, it's all authentic. And one of the things oh. that I want to bring up more towards the end of our reviews of Young Indy, but I'm going to bring it up now just because I'm curious as to why people like this show, like what, what, what their personal opinions are. One of the reasons I love this show so much is because I feel like I'm part of the story. And I know that sounds kind of silly. You're like, wait, what? What do you even mean by that? What I mean by that is you are exploring this all from Indy's point of view, Right. And because this is so authentic, Indy going from one place to another, exploring this journey and seeing Indy's adventure, it feels so authentic and real. That's what I love because each new episode is a whole different adventure. Definitely. And as a whole right now, think about what we've seen in these seven episodes just alone, right? In these kind of early years, we have kind of gone through this journey with Indy almost. Right. And that's what I always loved about this show and what I've loved so far is that it feels like you know what Indy's experiencing and going through. And I think right. they did a really good job of that, especially with the history. This first half was on point, and going kind of the second half, we transition into London and Oxford, both still 1916 here. Um, and what I actually thought was interesting is, even though the transition was created for this episode, this is basically still the same exact time and directly after what we right. had. And, you know, we see them out in London and we see a beautiful shot of Big Ben. I oh, love yeah. that shot. Even though it doesn't incorporate Indy whatsoever. Just it's like, great. just the shot of the, Big Ben. The panoramic shots, I mean the they, they take all of two seconds and but, yet it but, gives you that authentic feel. It gives you, a, a you know what it gives you, you, with you know what, they could have just started off the episode like, they could have started off in Ireland in the panoramic shot with just a panoramic of Ireland, no Indy talking without like the whole cruise ship we would have known immediately where they were. Right. Because that's just the way, like, the panoramic shots work. So that's the point. Right. To tell you where they're going, where they are, where, like, for example, we could say, oh, well, they're in England. Well, where are they in England? Well, right. as soon as you see Big Ben, London. Right. right? You know, because, and like, I like landmarks sure. and stuff like that. 
And that's what's really, really nice about that, too. And right at, off the bat here, they enlist in the Belgian army. This And this scene was hilarious. Obviously, the one-liner we used today was from this scene. And first of all, let's talk about this a little bit closely. And they enlist in the army, and they go into this office here. Right. And this office actually looks really nice and cool. I love the prop and set design they did for this. Right. It looks very authentic, very old school. Uh, it definitely looks, kind of gives off that, you know, that vibe of this is kind of one of those offices from the 19th, you know, the 1900s and things like that, right? I, I really feel like this is where someone would actually, you know, sit down, right? You could see definitely, like, the little things on his desk, too, are really right. cool. Right. And so they go up and One thing they're I... like, is this the Belgian army you must join? And they're like, we bien sure, right? Do and, you know what, do you know what, are you sure you want to enlist right, in the Belgian army? Right. And so, because Something like, I found hmm. really interesting before he says that. He just spins around with a nice big cigar. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't that so cliche? It is cliche. That, that's kind of true. It's cliche, but it's so hilarious. He's just like, I don't he's give a crap at, about right, my... At them. But it is funny, too, because that, that actually as much as, like, you're thinking, oh, he's smoking a cigar. I mean, that's what people did back then, and it's authentic enough to where, like, that's what someone would do. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, easily. And, and, and going off of that, actually, they, you know... It's, Belgian army you wish to join? And so they start filling out these papers and, you know, give Remy. And I love the big stamp sound and effect that he does. He gives a big stamp on the paper and he's like, welcome to the Belgian army. And so he looks at Indy's paper and he starts reading it aloud. He's like, Henry de France, right? And at first, Henry de France, what the hell is this? And he's like, parents, Henry de France, okay. And he's like, Anna Jones, and then he's like, oh, uh, uh, Anna Jones defaults. And he's like, okay. Well, and then he looks at the birthday, and he's like, so you're 25 years old. And he's like, 22. I was born, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, people hardly forget their own birthday. Well, fun, something I found, he found <laughs> interesting, he's like, Henry defaults. Right. Henry DeFont. And you can see the yeah. <laughs> He just looks back at the, right. at the thing where it says DeFont. Right, and I thought that was funny, too, because now, I, for, I forgot about that, too, that he actually, that's why he chose the name Henry DeFont. Now, why does what does DeFont mean, do you know? I don't know. I wonder what I it mean, means. Henry DeFont, but, of course, Henry, he spells it H-E-N-R-I. Right. And, 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 well, that's the French spelling. Right, and what I thought was interesting as well here is... The soldier was hilarious, right? Like, this guy's hilarious, right? Like, he clearly is catching on to the thing right off the bat, right? He says, of course, the one-liner we used today, and then they go outside, and Remy's like, all you needed to do was put down Henry Jones, and they were going to accept you into the Belgian army. They'll accept anyone, right. you know? I mean... <laughs> and that's all you had to do, right? Like, you didn't have to do any of this in order to get yeah, into the Belgian and army. Yeah, and as you'll see, Defonce is what he uses in pretty much, you know, the rest of the right, warriors basically. and stuff. And, 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 and you Defonce, know, that's funny, because he has that... There's that different kind of character that he portrays basically throughout this, you know, right, rest of the episode basically. Well, not really, but that that's what he's going to kind of take into the warriors, and then they go to this restaurant. Of course, they celebrate, and Indy meets this, and he meets this lady, and they basically they're going to go off, and they both have a little bit of time until they get actually called and they get their papers, and so Indy decides to go to Oxford, right, right, um, to, with, to go see Miss Seymour. He goes actually. to Oxford with Vicky. Right, who, which he meets on the bus there, which is interesting. And he gets on the bus, and he actually meets this other lady there. And he's trying to be all nice to her and things like that. And, of course, she takes it the wrong way. And things, 
Yeah, right. Things escalate very quickly right. here. <laughs> and that's when he, you know, he's, he's all mad. He goes to the top, actually, of the bus. And this was actually really cool. I love this bus. It's one of the classic old double-decker buses, right? One of those Which, classic I mean, ones. yeah, they still have, but not enclosed. Right, like... Not, not like those. And they still have one of those classics. And what I also thought was cool as well is he's he sits on the top, you know, he's upset. But then what's very interesting is what looks like a hot air balloon at first is actually a huge Zeppelin coming through here. And, and, and he's like, what in the world is going on? They stop the bus. Vicky's like, you're still up here? And, he, you know, they go down. And Vicky's like, come on, this way. we got to get out of here. And, you know, Indy first hides under the bus. And Vicky's like, the propane tank is under there. If the Zeppelin blows up the bus, you are toast. <laughs> and so they run off. And actually, they there's this huge kind of, there's this explosion. And they fall into each other's arms. Oh, how sweet. I know, right? And this is where Vicky things... And, and, you know, and actually, her hat falls off, too, and Indy's hat falls off, and they both look at each other in the eyes, and they both get up really quickly, right? And so he gets back on the bus, and just all of a sudden, like, oh, Zeppelin's gone. Back on the bus, right? Let's go. And... One? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, then they, they're like, hopefully I'll see you again, right? Right. That night, because they haven't made it to Oxford yet. So right. Like, and then the next day, they go and see a uh, women's suffrages, suffrage right, presentation. Actually, he doesn't originally want to go see the women's suffrage movement. Right. He gets on the train and, you know, realizes he's got this, you know, little ticket and, you know, ad. And he's like, the women's suffrage movement. And so he runs off the train, gets on a bus, and goes to this women's suffrage movement. And Vicky's like, what are you doing here? And she looks at him and he's like, what are you doing here? And Indy, you know, he's got that old Indy smile on his face. He's like, oh, great. And the funny thing is, too, is if you notice, Indy comes in, real, you know, the door creaks, like, so loud, and everyone turns and looks at him, right? Right. And if you notice, Vicky first looks at him, like, what are you doing here? And then the second time, Vicky actually slowly turns around, looking at Indy, oh, and then looks right back. Almost like right. she was checking to see, like, is Indy going to stay? Like, what's going on? Almost like she was interested that he was there. Right. And that's what was interesting. If you look at that closely. She's like, nope. Yep. And he goes to find the seat. And, of course, the seat is right behind Vicky. I mean, go figure. And <laughs> go figure. There's right. people at the podium, of course. And this was actually kind of authentic, what I like. And speaking of this history point, I wanted to bring this up right as we start talking. Because what I thought was interesting from this episode that I noticed, and I want to hear your opinion on this, Max. Right. Is... The history we've been learning, right? We've been learning, you know, some pretty interesting topics, but George Lucas loved history. That was the idea behind this show. He's a nice big history buff. Right, right. And so am I. So he can incorporate history with Indiana Jones, and that clearly, in my mind, was an excellent idea because I've loved what they've done. But what I noticed from this is these two topics, he wanted to kind of express history, right? Tell young people about history, right? Often, we don't realize what has happened in the 20th century. Right. And he explores two very kind of, not necessarily unknown, but not really very popular events in the women's suffrage movement and the Irish Rebellion. I was actually really intrigued that he included these because a lot of us, we know about women's suffrage, but to see what these rallies were like, what women were fighting for and things like this, right? Obviously, equality for all, like, we, we think of it now and we take it for granted. But this was a real fight that was happening. And this is, I think, something that's very important for people to learn about and was very significant. And for Indy to experience this and support it, right? Because we learned Indy, he's like, 
I've always kind of had a passion to support other people's opinions. That's why he joined the Belgian army. Right. He wants to fight with these people for their common goal. That's why he was in the Mexican Revolution. And I'm glad that George Lucas was looking at some of these kinds of historical events. Right. I mean, you know, he really died. He doesn't just say, oh, they're in a women's suffrage movement. No. We see them talking. We li- right. We're actually able to hear. We see them different presentations, right? Right. They really died in. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting on how he incorporated it. I mean, he did a good job of it, but it's definitely interesting how he did right. it. And, you know, they start talking about, you know, they want voting rights, justice, democracy, all these kind of common things. And one thing I thought that, that comes up in the rest of the episode that they said is they want deeds, not words. Right. right. That was kind of that common thing that they were talking about. They want equal pay and work, right? And then there's some men at the top, and they're acting very rude. Yeah, they're like, and boo, then, no. Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, just not being considerate and rude. You know, they're just completely rude. Right, and I mean. then Indy stands up. And just goes off in him. And I'm like, you tell him, Indy. <laughs> because he, he just... And, 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 every, and you know, he, he, he gets very mad, right? He stands up, he tells her, and then everyone starts clapping. And, you know, that was, that was, actually, that was pretty good because Indy being one of the only guys participating in that women's suffrage rally, right? He stands up to what he believes in. He stands up for what he fight, is fighting for. Right. And, you know, I was just like, you tell him, Indy. <laughs> right, you, you, you their butts basically you, right. know? I mean, you, know? you know he was he was going after it and he was telling them and then he was like no you want to go f- afterwards you ask this vicky right you want to go for tea she's like sure and he you know he, he explains he likes standing up for others and, and fighting and fighting for common goals and things like that and things that he thinks you know basically equality and things like right that. and this is when they have this interesting part which i always remembered and they start talking about languages right and they start talking about you know, what kind of languages do you know and things like that? He's the Belgian army, right? And they're like, well, you know, must know French then. And they start going back and forth, all these languages. And actually, you see subtitles, right? right? But if you look closely when they start talking about these languages and things like that, what I always found interesting is actually, if you look closely at Indy's expression, because we, we often look at the subtitles. If you look at Indy's expression, some of the languages that Vicky says, if you look closely at Indy, he pretends like he doesn't know the language right. and then immediately comes back with a statement. Right. If you notice. It's really funny. It's because, hilarious. I mean, obviously he knows every language Vicky is going to know. I mean, he knows like, what, 23 languages by I mean, this point? Something. I mean, there's... Some ridiculous amount. I know. And he knows more as the adventure continues, for sure. The adventure continues. <laughs> yes, precisely. The adventure continues. And what I always thought was interesting, too, as well, is... That last one, you could really tell it was like, what in the world? He's like, you know, uh, Jones, yet you don't speak Welsh. And he was like, and, you know, they both start laughing. And, you know, it was like, oh, I'm, you know, my father was from, from Wales and things like that. And that's when they start talking about how, you know, Vicky's father was a diplomat. And when she was a kid, they went around the world, traveling all these countries, learning the language, right? Right. And it was like, my father was the same way. We went medieval, he traveled around the world with medieval studies. He always said to learn the language wherever you're going. And, you know, they're like, I'm surprised we never met. And they're like, maybe we did. We just didn't know it. And they start walking around the lake in these very nice areas. And this is when Indy starts bringing back topics from earlier episodes, if you remember, when right. they start talking. You want to explain about that? He, you know, he doesn't, like, bring up the entire previous right. chapters and episodes. But 
he really just brings up little snippets of it, like, you know, how he's been to Egypt and right, all exactly. this other stuff. And Right, he talks about it. You know, and you know how the camels, you know, went right. off, right? And both that happened to both of them. And that's how we get on the subject of Miss Seymour here, right? Right. As he's talking about this, he's like, well, Miss Seymour, my tutor, she traveled everywhere with me. Right, and, and, you know, she was an important part of her life. And actually, as they're going, they notice that this family, right? Right. This, you know, this, this little kid fell on the stairs, and so... The, and, you know, she's like, oh, you know, we're starving. We haven't eaten in days. You know, my, my husband, you know, he went off to the war. And they take the family for tea. And Indy gives them money for rent. Right. And he's like, you know what? I'll loan the money to you. Whenever you can get it, you know, get it back to me. And I thought that was very nice. Right. Like, right. That, was, that was interesting. And, you know, as they're, as Indy and Vicky leave, he's like, well, I always learned from my mother to always give a helping hand when you can. Right. Remember? From? Journey of Radiance, when right. the family, well, you know, was taking care of India that whole time, and they came back, and you know, they wanted the land of that family. India's mother paid for it, right. right? And that was something he learned. So, kind of these little flashbacks to things that we've seen in previous episodes, which I always thought was interesting, right? And that's when they, you know, he talks about that incident and things like that, and what happened there, and then, right, they get back to Vicky's apartment. And they both, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a connection going on here. Right. And now we know Indy's, Indy's, you know, like, well, I don't know if I'll ever see you again. And she's like, yeah, I've got work and, you know, I'm, I'm going to Oxford. And Indy's like, well, I'm going to Oxford tomorrow to see Miss Seymour. And she's like, well, I get off at one. And then that's when we uh, go to the train and when we see Miss Seymour. And on the train, I thought it was hilarious. Right. Because she's like, are you sure Miss Seymour won't mind me staying? And Indy's like, oh, yeah, I sent her a telegram this morning. And Vicky's like, yeah, well, you didn't give her time to respond to the telegram. <laughs> <laughs> and I love right. how, uh, well, see, there's a little bit of an editing error there because when they actually go get, to, I mean, first of all, he talks very highly of Miss Seymour on the train. Uh, he, he basically yeah. mouths I mean, her off to Flashback Vicky. to, like, my first adventure when clearly he didn't like She's a witch, you know? Right, and all this other stuff, right. And now she's a goddess. But, right. you know, from <laughs> witch to goddess, it's that, that, that's how, that's what everything goes through. Well, actually, I want to talk about Miss Seymour. Maybe we'll do this eventually. I want to dive into her character a little bit more because in this episode which is interesting i like the fact that they brought back miss seymour i actually do yeah i wish especially, she especially since episodes. indy's mother of course passes away and indy's father and him you know have had kind of a little bit of a disagreement at times to have miss seymour be someone who has been in indy's life for so long i think it was very powerful right but something i found a little interesting about the telegram like oh i sent her a telegraph this morning right right she never mentions it when they're there like that's She's true. She's like, Indy, what are you doing here? Right. Like, and he's like, Miss Seymour, this is v Vicky, my right. friend. Right, exactly. And what I actually or thought Mrs. was interesting. Or Mrs. whatever her last name is, but and, yeah. And, and that's what I thought was interesting, too, as well, is, you know, Miss Seymour is living in Oxford, right? She's most likely retired at home. And, you know, Henry is like, you know, hi, Miss Seymour. You know, it's so glad to see you. And he tells her about how he's joined the Belgian army. And, he's, and you know, Miss Seymour's like, well, your father has has been writing and, you know, is wondering are your whereabouts and things. And well, this is something actually, too, that I, I don't think we really talked about as much in Spring Break Adventure is as much as this, you know, Indy is running away from home and, you know, he's running away from home. Basically ditching his father and say bye-bye. Right. Uh -huh. But joining the war at this age, that was not something that was super uncommon. No, it wasn't. I mean... And, and as much as, you know, he did run away from his father and, like, you don't usually just run away from your father and never tell him where he is... This, this, the time period was different then. Right. 
You know, people of this age, young adults, would enlist in the war. And that's how serious these kind of conflicts were in Europe, if you think about it. Right. And and that's what Indy's saying. You know, he's like, you know, there's so much going on in Europe. And he kind of learns this when he joins the Mexican Revolution, right? He's like, there's so much going on. I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing, right? Right. And that's what I always thought was very interesting about this part specifically. Right. I mean, you know... He, that's why Miss Seymour basically is like you have to go write a letter to your father because exactly he kind of like just leaves with no warning whatsoever right and you know as you said enlisting in the war at this age is not very uncommon so that makes me wonder like so I think you know he kind of portrays like a 16 year old but I think he's actually more like 18 or 19 yeah that's true I would definitely consider that and that's something to consider and keep in mind, too, is I always thought that I, I want to bring this up as well, too, because the idea of young Indiana Jones, you know, you, you would think of young Indiana Jones like you would from Last Crusade, right? River Phoenix being kind of like 12 years old. And I like the idea of doing Indy as a high schooler, right? Someone who is kind of a young adult, has been through all of these kinds of experiences. I like that idea. You? Yeah, I mean, just him going... Throughout high school, and then, I mean, we only see one episode of him in high school, right? And that's really, with Nancy yeah. in last episode, Spring Break Adventure, all that, right? But, you know, I would say he grows up, like, a little more every episode from now on, you know? He really does. And even, like, Spring Break Adventure to now, like, think about him when he was in Princeton to yeah. now. He has grown and changed so much right. as a character. And I like that they did that. And Mexican, the Mexican Revolution, Pancho Villa and all that. That really impacted him as a character. Definitely. It really did. And I think you can see that in this episode as well. And, of course, going back to Miss Seymour, she still calls him Henry, right? Right. She still calls him Henry, and that's classic. And then he's like, you know, we're going to this dinner party with Winston Churchill, right? Right. Do you want to come? You know, Winston Churchill, obviously, very important historical figure. Um, but Winston Churchill in this in this part is actually a lot younger, though. Right. If, if you notice, he's a lot younger than you, you would normally learn about Winston Churchill. And so they go as Miss Seymour's guests, and they start talking about voting and you know things like that, and how soldiers, you know, <laughs> they they're voting and stuff like this. Right. And Vicky clearly gets very upset. I mean, right? she gets into an argument with this very prominent guy, right? Right. I mean, Winston Churchill. He's obviously, you know, Vicky's like. As much as these seem like two separate subjects, they are two identical subjects. These what what is so different about women's voting compared to other people, right? Right. Like women need a stand, they need a voice, right? Why can't we decide who is part of the government? And obviously this is something that's very important to her. And so she goes to the dinner party and of course, you know, she gets very mad, slams her fist and the, you know, the food goes flying and stuff like that. And so she leaves and run, runs away and Clearly, Miss Seymour is a little bit upset. But what I thought was interesting is that next scene, right? Well, something, and, something I found interesting. Oh, he, yeah, sure. He says the same thing that Miss Seymour said because they, her, Vicky and Miss Seymour were also arguing about the same thing. Like, right. He's like, well, she's a spirited young lady. Right. <laughs> and actually, what I found interesting, though, is that next scene, when they go back to Miss Seymour and, you know, Vicky's like, good morning, Miss Seymour. You know, I, I can't apologize enough. You know, I was your guest. That was just absolutely outrageous. I shouldn't have done that. And she says, I can't think of an excuse except my mother fought for women's suffrage, went to prison for it, was treated horribly, and 
she wanted, you know, society to be changed for the better. Right. She wanted women to have a voice. And I only can hope to change that, you know, for future generations someday. And Miss Seymour, and this is one of the reasons I like Miss Seymour a lot, because she was like, I would have done the exact same thing if I was in your position. Right. right. And she's very, very, you know, she she ha- kind of feels for Vicky, right? She right. knows what she's going through and what that is like. And I, and I really like the character of Miss Seymour. And what I thought was interesting is that they brought her back in this episode specifically right. with Indy and Vicky. I was curious to see maybe what they would have done if with, with another episode with Miss Seymour. Did you like the fact that Miss Seymour came back in this episode? Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. It She... She really adds to the feeling of this episode. I mean, and right after, like, they say that, like, Vicky is, like, Seymour's like, oh, well, I would have done the exact same thing in your position. I don't know what Vicky says, but she says something that makes Miss Seymour laugh. That's the only time I've ever seen Miss Seymour laugh. (laughs) Out of all the times, it's the only time. And she doesn't laugh very much, and so that, that, that is something that is definitely important, too. Right. And Miss Seymour seems very down to earth in this one. Yes. And especially as Indy has grown up and matured. And she says, you know, I've known Indy for years and he is one of the most intelligent and, you know, interesting students I've ever taught and met just because of the fact that he has grown and matured in so, in so many ways. And, you know, and what I, and I, and I like that part, right? Because it really shows that Miss Seymour has this connection with Indy, right? Right. And they've, they've known each other for so long. And I thought that was very, very interesting. And moving on. Then they decide to go biking, right? They, they explore kind of this area of Oxford, Indy, and Vicky. They go biking. Uh, and this score, speaking of, we talked about the island score. Let's talk about the London score. This is a very emotional score for sure. It's, I really like what they did. This is available on the Volume 2 soundtrack. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the track War of Words. I like that one as well. Uh, that was a really creative track that McNeely put together. I really like that one. Proposal slash Reunion, which is what happens at the end. That track's great. And Oxford, too. Only 25 seconds. But it's an interesting track to use with some, uh, you know, interesting styles and themes there. I think you should check it out. I think it's really, really good. That's just my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's definitely, like, a very interesting. Right. And I know, speaking of going back to these kind of scenes in which we have music paired with these panoramic landscapes, I know you are a huge fan of the landscapes and oh. the be- and the beautiful things that we see throughout all these episodes. Talk about these nature scenes that we see with these They're... ponds and these forests. What were your thoughts on these? They were so beautiful. Like I, I, I could not get enough of them. They were, it was so beautiful. And you know, the way Indy and Vicky absorb them, like going through, right, and going they, on. Uh, they go through the canoe and stuff go like in that. The pond. I don't know if it's a canoe because he's standing up and paddling oh, yeah, from behind. It was kind of like a gondola canoe yeah, thingy. Yeah, yeah that was a cool little though. mini uh, canoe or whatever. And they were, and then the swan almost bites Vicky, but oh, yeah, you know, right. it's like she's like, ah, <laughs> you know. But that was nice. I like that they added that. Right, and you know, eventually we see them bike riding, right, and right. then on the. Um, I actually like the fact that they biked around a lot of places. That was cool. I thought that was cool, and then they're sitting on the stone ledge. Right? right and this is when we see he kisses vicky right right and then vicky's like well my parents are around here we should go meet them right and i've i'm like oh well vicky's taking the next step great right uh, <laughs> but actually that was interesting though that they actually went to meet vicky's parents because i thought that was interesting actually right and so uh vicky's mother is actually played by vanessa redgrave a pretty prominent actor mm-hmm. um and what i thought was interesting too here is we kind of learn 
Vicky's mother's side of the story in terms of women's suffrage and what that was like when she was alive. Right. And I thought that was very interesting as well to kind of see that. And specifically going off of that, it really seemed like there was an emotional connection forming here. Because originally, right, Indy and Vicky, well, specifically Vicky, she didn't really like Indy at first. No, right? she didn't. And then we kind of adapt to friends, and now we've got an emotional connection. And this is when they, Indy's like, do you love me? Right? And they start, and she's like, a, you know, they both admit that they love each other. And since it's only been a few days, this is where we realize that this is kind of one of the more emotional relationships that Indy's had. Right. I mean, like, with Maggie, I mean, eh, a little bit emotional, I guess you could say. Right, but this specifically, what we've seen in it, this is a matter of days, right? Right. And that's what I always thought was interesting as well. Something else I wanted to mention is after, you know, they're with, after they leave and from seeing Vicky's, you know, uh, parents, they're, they ride, we see them riding their bike again. Right. And then we see a little bit of a reference to Sophie, his first love. Right. Oh, right. Carol's a Cupid. Right. Um, and, you know, he's riding a horse, but he also is riding a horse with Sophie. Now, it's a little bit different, but still. I... Ah, so you're saying the riding lessons. Yes. Actually, it was curious. I've always been interested, actually, going back to that, the fact that George Lucas included those riding lessons in Chapter 3, Perils of Cupid, is because Indy rides a horse so much in the movies, in the show, and especially going back to Spring Break Adventure, he was, you know, he... He learned how to get on a horse through mid-stride, all this stuff. And so, like you said, the fact that he had those riding lessons clearly have been... Influential on him, right? right? have reoccurred here as well, so that's interesting. And after that, I mean, that's a little bit the end of Miss Seymour. Right, we leave Miss Seymour, and she's like, you know, tell me when you're leaving, and I will come and see you. See you off, and obviously, as we see, that's, like... Really Practically soon. the next day because right. Remy gets the call uh, up he, he, and he's like, I have to tell Vicky, right? Right. And so he asked Vicky if you if he, she wants to go to dinner, and then he's like, Well, I got called in, right? Right. Like and I'm gonna go. And this scene, I think, is one of the most interesting scenes. I, I, I wrote down so many things for this because these last five minutes with Indy and Vicky at dinner. And Indy and Vicky at the train station. I would make the argument that this is the most emotional scene we have seen yet. Oh, yeah. This is so important. And I watched this whole thing twice. Because the emotional connection, really, between these two characters, I think, was very important. And if you look closely at what happened in this episode, I think it was very, very important to watch. Yeah, I mean... It's very emotional, and Vicky already knows what he's going to say. Right. She's like, no, I can't marry you. And she goes on, uh, not a mini ramp, but uh, she kind of explains why she can't marry him. She's like, right. I want to have a career, and, you know, in this time, apparently, if you marry someone, you're not going to have a career. Sorry. Right, and, and that's really kind of going, tying it back to the history that we're learning. Of, this is what she's been fighting for. Right. And this is what she kind of explains in indie you know, obviously is very supportive of the whole suffrage movement, but he's like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like that, right? Like, right. It, this is not what our marriage will be like. And she's like, but this is what society's like. And right. it won't change, right? She's like, I want to, she explains that she wants to be a writer, right? And, you know, a man can have a career and marry someone, but a woman can't, right? That That's not how things are work. And marriage, it, it is going to change things, right? My life is just beginning. Right. right? And, if we get married now, right, what will that do? And then she also mentions how war is going to change them because Indy's about to get oh, involved yes. in the war. I mean, 
it's gonna ch- because here's the thing as Remy said in the beginning war and women don't mix and this is this theme of love and war right. they don't mix right like and right before we see, see the train station this has got to be the most emotional part and I almost cried in this and oh, I, me too here's the thing I never cry in movies something I mean I, I, I was I was I was getting the I, was, I Really feeling never in cry in movies, and I almost cried here because it's so emotional. It really is, and so sad. Indy is, you know, looking at this pond. He's on this bridge, and he throws the ring into the water. Right, and even before too, if you notice, he looks through the window of the restaurant, grabs his fedora, and puts it on, and that almost, and and Indy and the fedora. We've talked about this before, especially in the in the in the entire episode. Indy putting on the fedora that to me symbolized. The adventure continues. Right. He's moving on, right? When he grabs the fedora, he's getting ready for an adventure, right? Right. And so here, he looks through the window one more time, and he puts on the fedora, right? And right before that, he says, you know, it's not too hard to understand, right? You're turning me down, right? I mean, I know love and war don't go together, but we can make this work, right? You're just, you're just turning me down. And he's like, you know, if you really did love me, this would be different. And Vicky starts to cry, if you notice, as Indy right. leaves. And Indy just kind of really walks out. And he looks through the window. That music is emotional again, throwing the ring in the lake. And then we move it to the train station. And it almost seems like, at right. first, that they just kind of, okay, that's the end, right? Right. Vicky's done, right? But He's going no, off to war. No, 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 no. And I am so glad. And actually, this is what made me almost cry at the end. When Vicky comes back to the train station, I, I, you have to look at this closely. So first... Miss Seymour comes back, right? Right, and and they, this was an emotion with Miss Seymour as well. They have a tearful goodbye. Right, and they really do. They give each other a big hug, and, Ms. and you can tell that Miss Seymour is proud of Indy, right? Right. They've gone through so much together, and Miss Seymour's like, "You must write to your father, right, and me every day, right, like to you make know. sure." I mean, it's not just because she wants to hear from him; it's because she wants to make sure he's alive. Right. I mean, you know, he's I mean, going war, off to war. War is a scarier thing than we think. Right. I think that's really communicated in this episode well, and. Then, that Remy actually got married, which completely contradicts what we just saw with Indy. Right, because Indy was about to get married to Vicky, and Vicky's like, I'm going to turn you down, basically. Right, and, and that's kind of what I thought was a little bit interesting, that they had Remy get married. And now we see Vicky come running in. Right, and she, she comes see- running into the train station. And she sees, you know, Indy, Remy, right. and his wife. Right, and-, and everything. And she actually... What I really focused on for this when I was looking at this last scene was looking at Vicky. Right. Looking at her character. And so they do some close-ups on Vicky. She looks at Indy and actually almost turns around. She basically turns around to not look at Indy, right? Right. Almost like turns around to... Right? And what I thought was interesting is this almost kind of shows that kind of love she has for Indy. And the regret she is feeling from not getting married, right? Because think about it, this could have ended with Indy saying goodbye to Miss Seymour, they get on the train, we move on. Right. The fact that they added this scene with Vicky made me almost cry. Right. He gets on the train, sees Vicky, and is like, Vicky, Right, and Vicky. they look at each other in their eyes right then and there. And then Vicky... And then Remy's like, abiento, abiento! And Indy comes running on the train, and this music is so emotional. He gets on the train. He looks right at her. The violins, right? The s- s- strong strings are playing. Look at each other. And the music transitions. And the black and white text comes strolling down. And to include this scene at the end was so emotional. Because the, the fact of the matter is, Vicky 
came back. And you have to consider the fact that she was so confused, right? Right. She loves Indy so much. And then the regret that she had with not marrying Indy. And Indy, you know, that when they look at each other straight in the eyes, that to me was like, oh, man, like, you, we haven't seen that from Indy before. Right. And especially this kind of being that closure of Volume 1, the early years, moving on to the war, right? Right. And speaking of, like, the endings of these episodes going into the beginning of these other episodes. Yeah. This, to me, was interesting because we have this sad ending, and when we open up the next episode, right, it's almost like we've forgotten about Vicky entirely. We're moving on. Right. And that's what I thought was so interesting. So that kind of wraps up an episode which I thought was very powerful, very interesting, and that concludes Volume 1, the, war the early years, and... I will say this. You are not a true young indie fan if you do not own the DVD box sets. You've got to buy these. <laughs> Volume 2, The Warriors, is going to start off Chapter 8, Trenches of Hell, which we'll review in a couple weeks. And uh, I thought this was a very interesting episode. It, I, I like the last scene. I mean, I'm sorry. We've talked about this so much. But this episode would not have ended like it did without the last scene. Oh, really? It wouldn't have. Right. I mean, those I mean, last five minutes were crucial to really how we perceived this entire story really. right and especially this kind of idea between love and war and this is really kind of a prologue into the warriors what is going to happen what is indy going to experience and this episode was very interesting in my opinion as i mentioned earlier before it's very different than what we see that we, what we've already seen you know with indy and his father in spring break adventure so i thought the episodes have been great so far i'm very excited to continue on yeah definitely same here i mean It'll, I, I mean, the Warriors are much different. I'll say that. I they mean, definitely are. I mean, but I think that there's a lot of good adventures he has in the, you know, in the Warriors because, I mean, they're true indie adventures. They right? really are, and especially the history. They incorporate a lot of history in this one. I'm excited to learn more history as well as we go through these episodes. And um, I think overall, I think young indie, I mean, consider this, guys. Each of these episodes is an hour and 30 minutes. You are getting basically... We have basically watched seven indie movies. Think about it. Yeah. We basically have watched seven indie movies. So there's so much to explore and lots of things to do. Um, and that basically wraps up today's episode. If you haven't looked at the website yet, uh, definitely do. We have that in the description of our uh, About podcast. The track you heard today, of course, Fight from the Bakery, uh, which is available on the Volume 4 soundtrack CD, composed by Lawrence Rosenthal, one of my personal all-time favorites. If you want to learn more about the music, those links are also on our website, available for you. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks uh, with another Young Indie, and of course back next week with more indie content, exploring other content in the Indiana Jones universe. We have a lot to talk about and a lot to explore. I'm very excited. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Max. And I'm Will. And until next time, so long, Dr. Jones. Jones.